When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Rick Doc Walker, man, covering the uh, Washington team. Man, I love those stories. You hear the passion that he has, too. It's not about what you did in college. It's about the ability for you to be able to go out and be a success and transform yourself into being a professional football player. You know, I, I say this to people. It's funny, you know, when, when I get asked, Dan, how come your NFL career wasn't a long career? And I tell people I did play seven years of professional football. I played in numerous leagues, the Canadian League, the World Football League, the Arena League, the NFL. And, you know, I, I always tell folks, it took me time to mature as a professional. And that's not the easiest thing in the world for many athletes when they come out of college. You see, you know, you've been you've been catered to, you've been pampered, you've been given, you know, a clean path in many aspects to reach your potential. That's what the great programs and the great coaches do. They try to clean out all the things that they possibly can to give you that yellow brick road for you to be a success. But then when you get to the NFL or you get to professional ranks, and then you got to start paying your own bills. You've, you, you've got to show up on time. You've got to understand what it's about to be a pro. And that's easier said than done. It's not as easy as you possibly think it is when it comes to that. And that's what Doc, and I love to hear him talk like that because, you know, Doc's talking from experience on seeing some of these big-time guys come in to a program and to an NFL team, and they're not mentally ready. They're living off their accolades on what they did in college. And that doesn't necessarily translate sometimes into what Tim Tebow's going through that. You know, Tebow was an absolute massive success at Florida. And he had spotty success when he was quarterbacking the Denver Broncos. He did beat the Steelers in the playoffs, which was an accomplishment. Not taking that away from him. That's part of his resume. I never take anything away from one's resume. And he had that opportunity. So Doc's right. It's, I, I, I like what I'm also hearing, too, that Riverboat Ron is going to make that team have an opportunity at really, really finding themselves and seeing if they can repeat as NFC East champs. All right, let's switch gears here. This is one of my favorite people of all time. And I've talked to Rock at numerous Super Bowls, and his story, you know, I got to tell you, I, as we bring in Rocky Blyer here, I want to give you guys a resume. And I had 
this was years and years ago. I had the, the fortune of interviewing Kobe Bryant. And I go to Kobe. Kobe, what's more, what's more important to you, your five NBA championships or your Oscar? And he goes, well, you know, Dan, it was for me being something outside of my sport and me evolving into being more than just a basketball player. And with Rocky Blyer, how about this? Correct me if I'm wrong, Rock. A bronze star? Yes. A purple heart? Yes. And four Super Bowls? Yes. Very good. <laughs> I don't know of anybody that's more claimed and more uh, and, 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 and more of an achievement than those. I mean, do you ever look back at that and just say, I mean, and the journey you were on, Rocky, I mean, just talk about that from where you were in Vietnam and all of that. You look back on that. I mean, a, a bronze star, a purple heart, four Super Bowl rings. I mean, the journey must be incredible for you. Well, you know, first of all, Dan, thanks. It's great yeah. to be on your show. Great to see you, <laughs> man. Again, good to see you again as well. You know, when we talk about journeys in 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 one's life, and you know, at, you get to a point where you get a chance to reflect back on 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 what took place in your life, and I think that you know, at the moment you go through the the process and whatever you may face or indecisions or or, or choices. Uh, and wherever your life takes you, you know, it doesn't really have an effect until you look back on it later. At that moment in time, you're just trying to get through whatever the situation was. And in this case, you know, and you, we got to go back and you go back into the 60s. And you got to go back to the Vietnam War and you got to go back to what was taking place within our community and our society. And, you know, and there was uh, student movements that were taking place because of Vietnam. There was a civil rights movement that was taking place. And it seems to have continued, you know, throughout this whole period of time. Um, but for us who were living in and involved in that time, it was kind of was kind of a big it was a big deal that, that was going on. So the Vietnam veteran at that time or the Vietnam War was not. Uh, highly uh, looked upon, you know, and, and so in uh, our position of being there. And, and unfortunately, the, 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 the soldier was identified with the conflict. And so guys went and uh, coming out of high school uh, or uh, dropping out of college and or after college uh, was either a choice. You know, you go through ROTC, you go to OCS, or you go enlisted or um, you get into a reserve unit, if possible, or National Guard, if possible, um, just to fulfill your obligation uh, to this country. Well, in my case, that was all around, as well was the NFL, and the NFL drafted. And so I got a chance to get drafted in the NFL uh, by the Pittsburgh Steelers. And so, you know, then, so I was focusing on that part of my life and trying to make the team and be you know, basically just trying to make the team because um, who knew I was not a highly touted draft choice and would have been a free agent that, uh, in, in this time. I was a 16th round draft choice out of 17. So uh, um, at least I wasn't the last guy. Pitched. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway, so but the Vietnam War was going on. And, you know, so you me, I specifically kind of fell through the cracks and I got my draft notification. There were some other uh, football players 
uh, in that same realm that got drafted as well. A good friend of mine, I, uh, Tommy Shane, who I played with at uh, Notre Dame, was a second-round draft choice for the Cleveland Browns, and he got drafted. Um, there was a, uh, uh, a, a another uh, player who played for the University of Minnesota. We ended up in basic training together. Um, and uh, so our lives kind of parallel one another. So the whole mindset was then, okay, uh, boom, you're you're drafted, and now you go into the into the war. And so you kind of bring the same mentality that you had, focused on what needs to be done. You know, training camp is a day by day process, um, and you just try to get through. Uh, hopefully, you can make the team, you get the team. Hopefully, you have a good season or you get a chance to play, whatever that might be. So, and you know, so you go through basic training, advanced training. Um, you know, a private, and I'm uh, in the um, uh, in the army, um, and so I'm just a foot soldier uh, over in Vietnam. So you try to get through whatever that process is. Um, and day by day, and uh, and uh, hopefully you get out of there alive of, of, of one nature. Um, and so that was kind of you know that was that was kind of my focus at that time. And then you know wanting to come back. And so yes, I mean in that in that period of time, I you know we we had a firefight and I got wounded twice, and uh, um, the prognosis was uh, I wouldn't be able to. But play, uh, come back and play. And not that I lost any limbs, but I, you know, got hit with a grenade that blew up through my uh, lower extremities. And so I uh, had some nerve damage and some ligament damage uh, to my foot. And uh, so, from a doctor's perspective, that was uh, uh, good enough to say, okay, you, <laughs> I don't think you'll be able to play football again. So, but you take it at one day at a time. And I think that, you know, for me, and not any different than any other um, football player, is that you kind of, you know, you kind of learn things along the way or from your experience. I don't care who we are, no matter what it is, is that you play out in the neighborhood. You play in pickup games. You, you know, that you're, you're going to get hurt. You're going to fall down. You're going to have stubbed, uh, you stub your toe. Uh, you might come up with a broken finger or something of that nature, and you learn a process, which is <laughs> you get hurt, it hurts, you go to the doctor, um, okay, bandage you up, uh, go through rehab. But as a kid, you fall down, scrape your knee, you know, <laughs> you, you twist your ankle, and you go, oh, man, what's going to happen? <laughs> then you're back in the field again, you know, in the backyard. So anyway, so it's a mindset. So it's really a mindset of being able to um, go through the process and, and, and hopefully get a chance or an opportunity. And that's something that you can't control. You can't control outside forces that, that may determine your life. The only thing that hopefully you could control is what you do with your life to be able to get to a point um, where hopefully you don't have to look back and say, I wish I would have or could have or, or tried or, or did more stuff uh, to be able to make the team. And, um, and so I, I, along the way, I, I get a couple breaks, uh, you know, the Steelers put me on injured reserve. And they put me on the taxi squad, so they bought me a couple of years. And in a couple of years, you get bigger, stronger, but you got to work out and do the things that are necessary. So um, they come back, and you finally, you know, and I got a chance to make the team on special teams. And then, you know, one thing leads to another thing, and 
Um, a couple of years later, somebody gets hurt, you get a chance to play, and then all of a sudden you become part of a, a backfield that uh, wins the division and you go to the playoffs and, um, and you're part of that and you go to the first Super Bowl and then you play the rest of your time. And who knew that you're, you know, you're, you're very excited about playing in the Super Bowl. Who knew there was going to be two or three or four thereafter? And so it was kind of a, a, a you know, I, well, I don't know, a unique time as compared to today, uh, because I think there were 20, 24, 25 guys that have four Super Bowl rings. And so you look at that core of people that wouldn't happen today. It wouldn't exist today um, because of free agency. But that got you through, and that's what really uh, accounts for the fact of, of, of being able to win those games. You, you, you know, Rock, one thing that I'll say, you know, your journey, you know, you know, yeah, having your foot um, almost blown off, the Roonies keeping you on the team, giving the, they must have seen something in you that they thought that you could be a factor for them. Because, again, I mean, the thing that I love the most about the Roonies Here's a football program and here's a football team, Rock, that they've had three head football coaches since 1969. I mean, there's been more popes and presidents in the United States than head coaches in Pittsburgh. Right. Do you think that that was the determining factor that, again, they have patience in that organization? And by the way, Rocky, they still have patience in that organization with many of their players. You don't see big name free agents and you never really ever have. Jerome Bettis comes to mind, but not. It's a handful of them. Do you think that's the one thing about the Roonies that really brings it to the front? Is that their patience and their love for the guys that they bring into that organization, coach and player-wise? You know, I think very much so. I mean, it's from, from an ownership point of view, and I'm going to have to go back to Dan Rooney, who passed away, uh, the son of Art, who then took over as, as president. And Dan, you know, and Dan brought in a management style, and he brought in, you know, a, Pittsburgh's his dad, his dad was a great guy and so on, but he would hire friends as coaches and he would, you know, and, 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 and the game haven't evolved, but Dan helped evolve the game in the latter part of the fifties and through the sixties and the seventies. And so if you're going to spend time, if you're going to spend time, you know, uh, hiring a coach and you put the time and effort to vet him out, to be the person, and you're going to make that choice, there's certain aspects Part of what? Part of you know how do you treat your your, your players? What are your what are what are your belief systems? You know how do you handle other people outside circumstances? Because that all is a reflection on 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 the team, but it's also a reflection on the on the Rooney. So they're that kind of they're that kind of people, and they're not going to get rid of a coach because they. Uh, they lost five, six games or, or half a, at a losing season um, or whatever it is. They're going to give them the time and then uh, the personnel to be able to do it. And the personnel comes through the draft, working together uh, in coming up with, um, you know, with leadership uh, and a belief system and kind of, you know, being what the Steelers are all about. So that, yeah, it becomes very important. And, and, uh, and it's a big reflection on, 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 on the Roonies and how they approach things because you, you don't see them involved. You don't see them, you know, trying to, trying to be a head coach or making decisions. You know, they're behind the scenes 
Um, they have some input, obviously, but they take care of, of owner business, you know, and so the coaching staff takes care of the players. And so they've, they've never had a general manager until recently. Um, and that was just to take off uh, some of the, because the business has gotten bigger and bigger and bigger, but it's not, but even that is that you don't have a general manager who's taken the lead and in, in establishing the, the philosophy. No, it's, you know, everybody's got their own role. Um, and you very, very, very seldom hear from management up, you know, it's usually the head coach that is out there and it's always been that way. Of, of, of leading and uh, directing the efforts of the team. I, I just love that mentality there. And I've said this before, Rocky, about what you guys accomplished. You know, it was during the golden age of the NFL, too, four Super Bowls in six years. And you have to remember, this was in the middle of the Dolphin Dynasty. The Raiders were sensational. I mean, the Cowboys were great. There were so many great football programs because of what you mentioned. 24, 25 players on that Steeler team owned four Super Bowls. And I've talked to Bill Walsh when he was alive years ago. There's only like six 49ers that have like four rings that were involved in that dynasty when they won all those Super Bowls and Montana being one of those guys. But I mean, that just shows you. Do you agree? I mean, I, I love what Brady has done with the Patriots, salary cap. I get all of that. But that dynasty that you have, you must take great pride in the fact that that's, that's the greatest dynasty in pro football history on what you guys accomplished. You know, and, and, and just to be a part of that, and I, and, I, and I say this in all honesty, and I think that you would get that from the, the majority of guys, uh, is that uh, you were a part of a team. Uh, who had some great players. I mean, I think we've got, what, 10 Hall of Famers. Uh, you know, now there's five Hall of Famers from that class of 74, uh, which was a monumental class and impact, um, but who all, you know, all kind of played together. I get, I get to be on your show, not because I'm Rocky Blyer. I get to be on your show because of, you know, 50 other guys that put together that period of time and those 24 guys that got Ford Super Bowl ring and, you know, and, and leadership and like Joe Green and Lambert and Jack Cam and Mike Webster uh, and, 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 and Swan and, and Stallworth. I mean, just to name those guys that got you the big plays and you were just part of it. And it was a team that, you know, worked together. We had our ups and downs and like everything else. And we had, we had our arguments, but we had, team, we had peer leadership. And I think that becomes very important. I'm not involved in in the game today, nor do I have the opportunity to sit in a locker room. So the mentality of the young players today, I really don't have a grasp of or how they operate. But I can tell you this, that uh, those teams that had been successful in the past really were led by peer pressure, not necessarily by dominant coaches and or um, by ownership, but by peer pressure. I mean, a coach can only say so much and then you get sick and tired and you tune him out after a period of time. But when you get your fellow ball player riding up your butt, you know, <laughs> then you take notice. And, um, and Especially when he's Joe Green. <laughs> that's right. So between Joe Green and Lambert, you know, we go, oh, okay, fine. you walked the straight and narrow pretty well. 
Was it really, was it difficult to play for Coach No? And I don't think he gets the respect that you mentioned. He's involved in the draft along with the Rooney family and the front office on picking players and looking and evaluating Jack Lambert, uh, looking at players like yourself that could help the team. By the way, Rocky would end up going on and having a 1,000-yard rushing season. One of the very few times they had dual running backs gain 1,000 yards on the same backfield. I think you went to a Pro Bowl, if I'm not mistaken, as well. I would say this to you too, Rock. I mean, I look at Chuck and – you know, I used to talk to him when he lived in Virginia when he was alive, and his wife did all of the his booking for him, and it was really great. And Chuck, I really had a great relationship, and I I I, I adored talking with him. Right. And there were some guys that just didn't really enjoy. It seemed that him and Bradshaw had a horrible relationship while they played, but it looks like now Terry has more of an appreciation for him today than he did maybe when he played back then. Is that fair? No, you, that's fair. You know, I. It, I, I thought probably one of the best summation of Chuck uh, was uh, I asked uh, Terry Hanratty, who was I played with at Notre Dame, was the second round choice uh, coming out of Notre Dame as a, as a quarterback for for the Steelers. He and Bradshaw were early competitors uh, during that period of time, and so his locker was uh, was was right next to mine. And uh, so anyway, so one day I asked him, and you know, how would you describe? Chuck. I mean, how would you describe Chuck? And so he probably gave me the best, best overall. He said, you know, I mean, Chuck was not a yeller. He was not a screamer. Um, he was not a player's coach. Um, he, he said he was all very even tempered most of the time, very even tempered, but he just made you feel uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> you just didn't know where you were, with, you know. Um, and his biggest thing, and you know, Chuck's big for him. You know, the, the this game was very easy. Listen, guys, you know, we got rules. Why do we have rules? Because we're supposed to have rules, all right. Meaning that um, we have eleven o'clock curfew, like during training camp, and so even during the week at at home, you know, we got eleven o'clock curfew, which means that. Uh, I don't care if you stay up to one or two, but I just don't want you on the streets, you know, <laughs> and, and getting yourself into trouble because we have practice the next day. I mean, we got a curfew only because you need the rest because we have a job to do. That's your responsibility. Um, and there are, you know, the, the league's got rules about certain things and we just want you to, you know, I don't want your money. I don't want to find you, you know, just do what you're, what, what you're supposed to do and what your responsibility is. And that is, you know, we got a, we, we, we got a season, we've got responsibilities and we'll just follow whatever the rules might be. And that's all I ask you to do. Be here on time. You know, I don't want, I don't want to find you for being late. I just want you to live up to your responsibility um, as, as a player and as an adult in what needs to be done. So that's show up on time and play like hell. I love that stuff. That's basically Chuck. No. Hey, so in closing here, um, for you now, all of it, what I loved so much about your journey, Rocky, is that, you know, the military journey, you know, there was a chance that that would never end up going on in, 
continuing because of your injury and because the grenade in Vietnam, then you make the team, then you become part of the greatest dynasty in NFL history. Now you like to evolve. You're a public speaker. Now stand up too. Is that right? Is that what I'm hearing too? No, 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 I'm not a stand up. Uh, no, somebody, but I do have, what? No, I do have a one man show. I do have okay. a show that, uh, that uh, theatrical release on the story that takes place on a journey. Uh, huh. And I invite, I invite the, uh, the, the, the people who come uh, as my guests as we travel through three bars and we, and we go on this journey and so on. So it's, uh, um, I enjoy performing it. So it's, I love it. I, I, I love that you evolve yourself um, each and every single time that we get an opportunity to catch up. I, I really appreciate it. Rocky, thank you so much for coming aboard. It's always a privilege to have you on the program. Thank you so much, Rocky. Anytime. Thank you. Thanks. Ian. You got it. The legendary Rocky Blyer. So a bronze star, a purple heart, four Super Bowl championships. Oh, and I forgot a national championship at Notre Dame. We'll take a brief time out. You keep it here on the National Football Show. I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say. But as I always say. It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life. Count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Ah, the savoring taste of a good bag of beef jerky is so enjoyable at any time of the day, as long as you can find it. Here's what we suggest. Pure Bull Beef Jerky is our answer, and soon it will be yours. Locally produced in the Philadelphia region, this high-quality, healthy protein snack is easy to secure. Go to Steersnacks.com, and you'll see hot garlic, tropical heat, Pure Bull Dry Rub, and our favorite, Huck and Fod. What's that? Huck and Fod. Go now to Steersnacks.com. Welcome to the Wildwoods, the perfect place where you can safely do everything or nothing at all. Catch a wave, take a nap, go for a drive, grab a bite. It's your vacation, and we're doing everything we can to make it a safe one. The Wildwoods. Your vacation, your way. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at IBEW98.org. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. This is a key. It's a family tree. It's a pair of wings. 
It's a secret handshake. And a ticket to anywhere in the world. It's more than a uniform. It's the door to a world most people only dream of. There's strong, and then there's army strong. Try it on at GoArmy.com. Welcome back to the National Football Show. Dan Cilio. Back to back to back, right? That's how it's going to be sometimes. You never know who's going to show up to the National Football Show. Yesterday we had George Foreman on. I mean, I had really a fun time. And, you know, there's certain guys that go on these tremendous journeys in their life. That's what I look for. You know, it's not just to me about playing football. It's more about who you are and how you got there. You know, you you get from the lamestream media, hey, man, so what do you think of the Dallas Cowboys this year? Or what do you think of the Steelers? How many times do you hear that question asked by all the muscle heads that are on radio? You hear that all the time. So what do you make of the draft? Lame. But because you don't really have to do any work when you're asking those questions. Hey, asking fans, what do you think of the Eagles draft in Philadelphia? You really think you have to do a lot of work to put a show on in Philadelphia? You don't. Philly fans are going to put the show on for you. That's why hosts are lazy in that market. You don't really have to work hard. What do you make of Carson Wentz? It's like asking, do you love the nighttime and the morning time? Which one do you like the most? You don't have to work as hard. So when you form a topic or you have somebody on, make them say something that you've not heard before. Okay, I want to know why that guy got to where he was and maybe where he is in his life and why he didn't get to where he needed to get. When people look at guys like Donovan McNabb, people will say this, you think McNabb's a Hall of Fame quarterback. I always answer that question with Hall of Fame talent, but he had gaps in his play where he was in the category of really good. Really good player. But to say Hall of Famer, not in your life. It's not a Hall of Fame football player. Too many gaps in leadership. Was he arguably one of the best quarterbacks in the history of the Eagles? Absolutely. Absolutely. So was Jorsky. Jorsky got to a Super Bowl too, didn't he? Same as McNabb. Yeah, but McNabb threw for more yards. Different error. Can't do that. If I had to win a football game, I'd rather have Jorsky than McNabb. Just my personal preference. Maybe it's an age gap thing, but I'd rather have Ron because I can count on Ron. Okay? Not so sure I could count on that dude. And I, I look at people's character when it comes to leadership at that position, really in any position when you're talking about professional sports. I like his journey and how he got to who he was. I mean, this guy played against Lawrence Taylor, got his ass beat every day, and still put the Eagles in position all the time to win the NFC East and to get to a Super Bowl. Great coaching and Dick Vermeil. I look at guys like Phil Sims, who have been on this program as well. I love Phil. Phil is a rock-steady football player that played 
and was asked to do what the offense needed him to do to win ball games. Could Phil have thrown for 300 yards and been selfish? Sure. But he wasn't on a football team that needed to do that. He was on those legendary New York Giant teams that had Lawrence Taylor and Carl Banks and Harry Carson. Do you really think you need to have a 30-point football game? No, you could probably win a game 3 nothing on that defensive team. Run the ball, play like hell on defense. Don't get me in any trouble on offense and go win some ball games. That's what the Giants did. It was crazy. The Giant team during that era, the Giants were during the era of the 49ers and the Redskins and all those great football teams. And still they won two championships. You couldn't name me a wide receiver worth his weight in gold that were on those Phil Simms teams. And they won two Super Bowls. Can you name me two wide receivers? Who, Phil McConkey and the tight end, Mark Bavaro? Bavaro, probably. But you look at Mark Bavaro's numbers, you wouldn't go, he's a Hall of Fame statistical dude even though the position was completely different back then, where you relied more on the running. And you got to remember, the Giants were one of the top running attacks back in the day. Again, what Rocky said just a couple minutes ago, you know, you're asked to do something inside of a team concept. That's what wins ball games. Not putting up freaky, um, you know, fantasy football numbers so that you can move the needle and people go, that guy is really a great player. And then you turn around and you look at Matthew Stafford's one loss record and you do this. Yeah, but would you want that guy on your football team to win a game? Matthew Stafford now has an opportunity to change the complete narrative about his entire NFL career. And get this, it's not going to be because of passing numbers. We're going to gauge that player on wins. Same thing with Carson Wentz and Indy. Here's the narrative on Carson Wentz going to Indy. People in Philadelphia clearly have a different percep- perception of him now, right? For whatever reason, they think that Carson Wentz had a problem with Jalen Hurts being drafted. And what I would always tell people, of course you're going to draft a quarterback in the high rounds. You know why? You need a safety belt. The guy can't be counted on because of injuries. Why do you think they drafted a quarterback in Trey Lance in San Francisco? You think it's because they think Jimmy Garoppolo is not a good quarterback in, in San Francisco? No, it's because Garoppolo can't stay healthy. has nothing to do with ability. It's availability. That's the problem with Wentz. It's availability. And Wentz has a little bit too much of a Philip Rivers mentality. Thinks he has to do it all by himself. That's what's got to be broken down. That's what Frank Wright's job is right now. It's to break that ego down a little bit. Carson, you don't have to do all that to win a ball game. You could throw for 156 yards in a game and win. That's all. Win the game. Nobody cares about winning the statistical battle. Win the game. Whatever that looks like. That's another beauty on Brady. Win the game. Don't turn the ball over. No idiotic pre-snap penalties. That comes with being prepared mentally, along with physically. The great teams, when you watch them, they're chameleons every single weekend. What makes the Patriots, and I'll say under Brady and Belichick, what made them, what made them special and different than every other team in the league? You know what made them that way? You were like this. 
they can have a guy who gains 200 yards rushing one week, have that guy not activated the next week because of matchups and groupings that don't collide with the opponent. Belichick with City Kid. You could have an entirely unbelievable performance in your history of your career. Bill will sit you the next week if he doesn't think you're going to be put into a grouping or into a group set that's going to be conducive to them going against their opponent. If he doesn't think you're going to help, you're going to be deactivated and they're going to put somebody else in that position at another position that they're going to need strength at to win against that particular opponent coming up. Do you know how do you know how great of a coaching uh, mentality that is? How many times do you see coaches do this? And this is what I think Doug Peterson and the Eagles fell into, but this is not uncommon to a lot of teams. They have a game plan, no matter what it is. Every week, it's the same game plan. Unfortunately, this game plan doesn't work every week. You've got to scout your opponents. What's his strength and weaknesses? What do they do that's better than us that we have to combat against? It's not about jamming your program down someone's throat. Why would you run into a wall when you know the wall's not going to move? Why wouldn't you try to go around the wall to win a ball game? There's, there, there's no pride in smashing your head into a wall if it's going to result in losing. You know how many coaches have that stupid mentality? I've played on teams. Well, we're going to do this. This is what we do. This is who we are because we have skill set guys. Belichick never built his football team, and really the great football teams – they're built, you know, how, you know what they're built with? Versatility. You know, we, we were talking um, about Kevin Green yesterday. You know what made Kevin Green and guys like Carl Mecklenburg so difficult to defend? They could put their hand down in the dirt and they could stand up and cover tight ends. Same thing with Mike Vrabel back in the day. Same thing with Willie McGinnis. You didn't know what to do and how to defend those guys because those guys were so versatile. Teddy Bruschi was also another part of that. Patriots roster that did those things. That's what makes those teams special. So it, it's it's when you're when you're talking about you know quarterbacks and guys that that play within a system like Rocky Blyer was talking about. Those are your great players. Look at Brady, what he's done. You, what won the Super Bowl for the Buccaneers last year? And this goes into the line what, what Rocky was talking about, how an environment that you build is a team environment, and you do whatever it takes to win that particular Sunday. What, what, how did the Patriots uh, win those games? They won versatility. How did the Bucs win the Super Bowl this last year? You know how they did it? Defense ran the ball. Brady not turned the ball over in the postseason. That's what the formula was. And it resulted in Brady's seventh championship. He's got the secret potion. He's got it figured out. He's mapped this thing out. He knows. He gets it. Okay? He understands it. Okay, let me go on here. I'm, I want to show you something, too. You know, yesterday, and if you can go to my Twitter page, I talked about the teams that I really like. Uh, going into the 2021 NFL camps, which is in July coming up here. 
And it's funny, I, I wrote down the quarterbacks who are the best quarterbacks in their respected divisions. And I want to show you how close that is on the teams that I picked on the respected divisions in the AFC and the NFC. And I, I, I think I think people will get a sense on how important this position now is when we're talking quarterback position. And I rank the quarterbacks by division. Let's start in the NFC East. Jalen Hurts is nowhere in the conversation yet. Daniel Jones is nowhere in the conversation. You know, it's funny. Ryan Fitzpatrick is probably in the conversation. But Dak wins that by default. He is the best quarterback in the NFC East. Okay? Does that mean they're the favorite? Their defense sucks too much. I think it's going to come down between the Giants and Washington on who ends up winning that division because I think those are the two teams that have the best defense. And they were going to be one and four anyway when Dak Prescott went down. But Dak's the best quarterback in that division. How about in the AFC East? I got Buffalo winning this. Well, who's the best quarterback in that division? It's easily Josh Allen, right? I don't know what this kid uh, from BYU is going to do. Tug of Viola, I don't know, right? I have no idea. But I know Josh Allen looks like he's a player that's continuing to improve every single time that I watch this guy get out there and play. NFC South. Come on, Tom Brady. I mean, now even Breeze being out of that division, right? Sam Darnold. <laughs> uh, Matt Ryan's pretty good. It's Brady all night. Got the Bucks winning that division. AFC South, Ryan Tannehill. I think Ryan Tannehill wins that division. I think he's the best quarterback in that division. NFC North, Aaron Rodgers, right? He's the best quarterback in that division. And he's the best, he's on the best team in that division. AFC North, Lamar Jackson. I got them winning that. You see, it's all conducive on who the guy in the signal caller is now. On who ends up winning this thing here. NFC West, Russell Wilson. Now, Matthew Stafford probably changes that dynamic a little. Um, Kyler Murray is a pretty good-looking talent, right? I like what he's doing. What happens in San Francisco? Does Jimmy Garoppolo stay healthy? He could, he could close that gap, but not enough to where you're going, yeah, Garoppolo's a better quarterback than Russell Wilson. He's not. And in the AFC West, you've got Mahomes. Now, the division got better at the quarterback spot because of Justin Herbert in Los Angeles. Um, Derek Carr, you know, Derek Carr is kind of a he's kind of an outlier, isn't he? Because people do this about him. They really like him, but would you want him to be your quarterback on your team? That'd be a no. Like if I had a, if I had to pick a guy to build my team around, and he was one of the guys, and I'm not talking about the Aaron Rodgerses and the Wilsons and some of the top-flight guys. I'm talking about some of the guys in the middle of the road. Like, how about this? Would, would, would you sit around and do this? Would you take Derek Carr over Justin Herbert? I don't think so. Would you take Derek Carr over Kyler Murray? 
I don't think so. Would you take Derek Carr over Lamar Jackson? I don't think so. You follow me? I mean, Derek Carr's a good player, but Derek Carr is really just not elite. And I always thought that he was kind of like in the middle of that road there. You know, I mean, he was kind of in the middle of the road. All right. I got a controversial topic that we're going to hit on a little bit here. And I, I want to get your spin on it too. Um, and it's about vaccinations that the NFL is going to have to deal with. Now, look, this is not pimping, whether you should or whether you shouldn't. I, I'm, I'm not going down there. But the NFL has an issue, I think, coming up for the season. And also, I would say this to you, a perception out there by some of the biggest athletes in American sports. Yet, some of the stuff is put on us, the public here, but not some of the major stars that are in sports. I'll explain what I'm talking about. You keep it here on the National Football Show. I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say. But as I always say. It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life, count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Ah, the savoring taste of a good bag of beef jerky is so enjoyable at any time of the day, as long as you can find it. Here's what we suggest. Pure Bull Beef Jerky is our answer, and soon it will be yours. Locally produced in the Philadelphia region, this high-quality, healthy protein snack is easy to secure. Go to Steersnacks.com, and you'll see hot garlic, tropical heat, Pure Bull Dry Rub, and our favorite, Huck and Fod. What's that? Huck and Fod. Go now to Steersnacks.com. Welcome to the Wildwoods, the perfect place where you can safely do everything or nothing at all. Catch a wave, take a nap, go for a drive, grab a bite. It's your vacation, and we're doing everything we can to make it a safe one. The Wildwoods. Your vacation, your way. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at IBEW98.org. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. This is a key. It's a family tree. It's a pair of wings. It's a secret handshake. And a ticket to anywhere in the world. It's more than a uniform. It's the door to a world most people only dream of. They're strong 
And then there's Army Strong. Try it on at GoArmy.com. Welcome back. National Football Show, Dan Cilio. Funny how our country works sometimes when politics get involved in how to tell people how to live their lives. You know, I mean, every American has an opportunity to live his own life, I think, as part of the American dream, right? And, and again, I want to make sure that we're not here giving any indication here on what side of the aisle you should be, on whether, you not, whether or not you should be vaccinated or not. I'm, not. I'm not doing that. That's not what this show is about. I don't tell people how to live their life, nor would I ever. That's for other shows and other people and other channels to do. I do not do that. Okay? Make it very clear. I'm not anti-vaccination in any way whatsoever. Nothing about that. That's not what this segment's going to be about here. But I do think there's a perception now that certain sports stars are giving off. And I want to throw this out on how the perception's being dealt with and where it's landing now. Because I tell you this all the time. You know, when I throw a topic out sometimes, you know, the big concern is where does it land? You know, when, when I have a take or I make a statement on something, I'm hoping it lands at this particular place so you understand that we're communicating and that's my position. Sometimes people say something and it lands completely different and that's where you get in trouble. So follow me here. Jack Prescott today was asked if he has been vaccinated or not. Do you know what his response was? By the way, I do believe it was the right response, but I don't believe it's going to be taken that way in the court of public opinion, which nowadays, that's probably the most important courtroom you can be in, right? The court of public opinion. The courtroom, I mean, if we learn anything today from Bill Cosby or anything, you understand today that courtroom sometimes doesn't jive with what's going on in the court of public opinion. When you think of Barry Bonds, Barry Bonds got off in a courtroom, but still the court of public opinion looks at him as a juicer. Am I right? Same thing with Roger Clemens. No matter what those guys can tell you, I never took it. Doesn't matter. The court of public opinion has already, you know, already tried you and you are found guilty. They'll never look at you in any other way. Same thing with Lance Armstrong. Lance can tell people I never did. It doesn't matter. The court of public opinion is against you. That's what social media has done. It's a courtroom now. Dak Prescott was asked a question today if he had been vaccinated, as I said. And his response was this. Um, that's a private conversation that I do not wish to, I'm paraphrasing, that I do not wish to go public and give my position on. So I will not answer it. Wow. The highest paid guy in the NFL, the face of the Dallas Cowboys, is not one of these people out front of the vaccination campaign that we're seeing everybody involved with. All the leagues are, by the way. 
the league now, the NFL is mandating that if you're vaccinated, you don't have to have any of the protocols that are in place that we were going through a year ago if you're vaccinated. But if you're not vaccinated, you still have to go through some of the protocols, uh, quarantining, wearing a mask, uh, grabbing your food and going to a particular place. They're making it so it's difficult for the people who are not vaccinated. But yet the highest paid guy in the league is not telling you whether or not he's vaccinated or not. Now, personally, do I think he has an obligation to tell you? No, I don't, because once personal health is a private issue, and quite frankly, it's against the law to actually ask somebody for their, for their mental or their physical health records. That's why those things when people say, oh, we're only serving vaccinated people, it's against the law to act. Now, you can refuse service. It's your right as a business to refuse. But I don't know you have a right to ask somebody to prove it. So Dak is not answering the question. I found that odd. But this goes in line with LeBron James. LeBron James has been asked the same thing. LeBron, have you been vaccinated? LeBron says the same pretty much thing that Dak Prescott said. That's a private matter. And I don't wish to devolve whether or not I've been vaccinated or not. So you have the face of the NBA and one of the most popular athletes in American sports. And in the conversation with Michael Jordan as the greatest player of all time, giving you maybe hints that these two guys aren't vaccinated. Because if you were, wouldn't you say it? What would, wouldn't this be poster child's? Now maybe, get this, here's something else. And I thought about this. Maybe Dak and LeBron don't want people using them as poster childs for the pro campaign for vaccinations. And it should be up to each and every individual's right. I really love to give people the benefit of the doubt of that. And I, I, I would really love to do that. Is that more of an economic thing being able to use? I don't know if you could do that anyway because they're professional athletes and I don't know you could use their likeness in any way when it comes to a promotion without their consent. But do you find it odd that both Dak Prescott and LeBron James won't say whether or not they've been vaccinated? I mean, you got a lot of people. you got the President of the United States. You've got leagues, MLB, NFL, NBA, on their high horse when it comes to promoting vaccinations. And you got the face of your league, both of your leagues, that won't come front and center and say whether or not they've been vaccinated. Me, personally, I don't think they have been. And I can make that assessment, and I can make that innuendo, because you know why? It's one or the other. And since they're not answering it, you leave it open-ended. And you leave it for hammerheads like me and others to sit here and do this. Well, I don't think he is. Prove it to me. If I ha Get this. If I have to prove to you that I have been vaccinated to walk into a stadium, shouldn't Dak Prescott have to prove to the public that he's vaccinated? Why is it good for the fans to have to prove it? And it's not okay for Dak to prove it.
that he's been vaccinated. How do you get around that? So when I walk into an NBA arena, when LeBron James is playing, and it's mandated that I'm to be vaccinated going into Staples Arena to go see the Lakers play, and the face of your franchise refuses to say whether or not he has, why is it okay for him? It's a question. Okay? Not anti. It's a question. Why is that okay for him? If I was an NFL fan and I was walking into Jerry's world and I found out his position, and this is Dak Prescott's position. Look it up. Dak said it. This is not Dan Cilio making this up here. It's Dak saying it. You tell me. Is it right for Dak not to have to divulge it, but I have to go into my wallet, and here's my vaccination card. I don't think that's fair. And I think you're going to get blowback from the fans on that. Okay? That's why the NFL is doing every single thing in their power to get as many as they possibly can to get vaccinated because it's a bad look when you walk into a stadium and a star quarterback on your football team's not been or refuses to say whether he's been. But you see, the lamestream media won't report on that. Okay? They, they won't hammer a guy like LeBron James or Dak Prescott. I don't know why. You'll hammer anybody else that hasn't been. How many times do you see people now being put on blast on Twitter or being put on blast when it comes to uh, a news source like CNN or Fox News when they find out that a particular politician or what have you has not been put on any kind of notice that he said that he's been vaccinated or not? Those guys are, those guys are constantly being hounded, not these guys. I think you got a problem with that. I surely have a problem with that. Okay, let's do this here. We talked a little bit about Jalen Hurts. I really like this kid. Do I think this guy is going to be a superstar quarterback? Yet to be determined. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna sit here on June 30th and sit here and tell you that I think this guy is going to be a flop. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to give the kid the benefit of the doubt because you know why? He's built somewhat equity up with me and how he's handled his career. You know, we had Howard Eskin on with us a couple months ago, and Howard was like, you know, he he decided to quit Alabama. Okay, you can look at it that way. I just thought that, look, probably Saban went to him and said, we're going with Tua Tuck of Viola. We're going to go with him, man. He's my guy. I'm going to go with him. I think he's the better quarterback. Maybe he's the better thrower. I don't know. They, they went with him, and you could make that assessment. He quit on Alabama. All right. I don't look at it that way because I was a transfer. And I didn't quit on Maryland. I just wanted to go to a place to play. And that's why I chose Miami. I, I wanted to play. And I wasn't getting the opportunity to play at Maryland. And so Jalen Hurts now was asked a question yesterday on giving advice to Trey Lance that both, you know, or, or excuse me, on to Mac Jones. And Mac Jones up at, New England now, he was basically asked, you know, what kind of advice would you give him? And he he basically said this. He goes, listen, 
This guy's had a very interesting career. He's had to sit behind Tua and myself and learn and be patient. The most important intangible that you could possibly have as a quarterback is patience and to sit and learn and to ask as many questions. Think about Mac Jones. Played one star year at Alabama, right? He sat behind Jalen and he sat behind Tua Tuggle-Viola. He put up an iconic year last year playing with great football players. He said all he can do is to put into practice what he's learned on being patient. You're going to have struggles, but do all the things you did when you were at Alabama because it will come to you. He speaks highly, Jalen does, of Mac Jones. And from all accounts, it looks like Mac Jones could be your starting quarterback on the opening day for the New England Patriots. I think that would be an incredible story if he was able to knock out Cam Newton from that starting job. And all of a sudden, here you go from a national championship football team into being the starting quarterback for Bill Belichick. That'd be some story. All right. Appreciate everybody coming aboard today. Thank you so much. Krause, awesome. Love you, Cal. Thank you so much for what you do when you're throwing out all of our bites there on uh, the internet there. Don't forget also, you can catch any of the show if you've missed it on Jacob Media Channel. We'll catch you tomorrow going 4 to 6 Eastern time, and we'll see you on the flip side. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.